Good every <laughs> good every <laughs> Good evening everyone and welcome to tonight's live broadcast of the Road to Recovery. I am your host, Dan Chuba, and I'm coming to you live from West Chicago, Illinois. That's right. West Chicago, Illinois, where the weather today was like 55 degrees or something incredible like that. It was just wonderful. And uh, I had to work. Well, I didn't have to work. I chose to work because I like keeping my job and I like what I do. I'm a real estate broker. I own a real estate brokerage company. I have about a dozen people that work for me and, you know, I got to pay the bills. And so I had to work or chose to work, chose to work. You know, I, that's kind of funny, you know, that we're talking about choosing work and, you know, it's about choices, people, choices, making better choices in life. And I've been making a lot of better choices in my life over these last several years, thanks to a great program, I learned how to stay sober, get and stay sober, and that is the program of recovery through Alcoholics Anonymous. Now, I have been sober. 24 years, 5 months, and 23 days. To be exact. And who's excited about it? Me. I'm excited. It's another day. One more day. You know, I'm not a, I could care less the length of time, but i got to tell you something. I'm grateful for the length of time. I never thought I would be sober this long and doing this. And even in the midst of now legalized marijuana, here in... Illinois, but you know what, guys? I gotta tell you something. If you're paying attention to any of the news lately, some pretty frightening statistics. You know, we we still are in the midst of a um, well, a lot of things actually. We have an opiate crisis going on in our country, and they said, according to the news, this week was full of uh, information. But they said that the opiate crisis is now shifting from the East Coast to the West Coast. And a, lot, and, and a big part of the problem and the reason for this is because of fentanyl. Fentanyl, if you guys know what fentanyl is. Fentanyl is that um, uh, additional narcotic that is probably, what did they say, 30 to 50 times potentially stronger than... Uh, Opiates, you know, um, I don't even know. You know, I'm not that knowledgeable on this stuff. All I know is that, first of all, if you have an addiction, you are listening to the right show, okay, whether it's alcohol or drugs or food or sex or pornography. And it doesn't mean you're going to walk away and you're going to be free and clear. But you know what? We will equip you with some tools that will help you get beyond your issue. And then you and only you can determine whether you're going to stay sober and grow in your sobriety. Okay? And that came up. You know, and that's the beautiful thing about this program in my life. i got to tell you something. I probably can go farther. I could probably do a whole lot more stuff if I didn't talk to people about my drug or my my drinking uh, recovery because it makes a lot of people feel uncomfortable. And a lot of people are in important positions. And, you know, like today, I I was talking with uh, somebody today 
they may, I don't know if they're going to listen. I don't know if I gave them a card to listen. But if they are listening, you know, I'm not not going to throw your name out there. But I will tell the audience here that here it was about, what time was it? Two o'clock in the afternoon on a Sunday, and this person had been drinking already. Now, they weren't drunk to my knowledge because I, you know, I, I could tell when somebody's drunk. However, okay, they had been drinking because I could tell that too. And it's uh, a tradesman. And there's a lot of trade. There's a lot of people in this world, folks, that are drinkers and that are doing smoking marijuana now because it's legal. They were smoking it before when it was not legal, but they're smoking it now more with that it's legal. And what a world we're living in, really! What a world we're living in. You know, the opiate crisis. They're still working to settle that. They're trying to get that settled through the courts. You know, and they're trying to put a financial price on all the damage that the opiates have done. And I, there's an article today in the uh, newspaper, okay, and it says some lawyers just say no to this opioid settlement. A $48 billion framework yet to be fleshed out amid criticism, okay? And you got to wonder, what is a life worth? How many people died from all the opiates that were put out. What, what, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of what the, uh, the one in particular. Um, well, it doesn't matter if you if you know what it is. Okay, it doesn't matter anything. But it was being, you know, offered like candy, and people were getting addicted, and people were dying from it, and people are still dying from it. And I think truly, number one, the number one reason that people die from, you know, a, overdoses. And, you know, because they don't have hope in their life. I really do. I, I believe it's a soul sickness, and that's what we say in the program of recovery. It's a soul sickness. We don't connect with anybody anymore. Well, I do. I connect with a higher power, and for me, that higher power is Jesus Christ. Okay? I believe that he uh, lives, exists. He came to this earth to give us freedom and, and to save us. You know, it's not very complicated. I think I think our Heavenly Father God kind of knew that we were going to be really chumped up people as, you know, we move forward in life. And he said and determined that he really wanted us to have eternal life with him. So what did he do? Well, he decided to keep it very simple. Okay? Keep it simple. And that is the best way to live life, keeping it simple. Okay? Not making a big thing out of everything. Keep it simple. Kiss it. Keep it simple, stupid. Keep it simple, stupid. Okay? And I don't mean that in a negative way where, you know, you want to call people names and, and things like that. But, you know what? You really need to keep life simple. We get really complicated and we try to do this and do that. And that is usually a characteristic of an alcoholic. Okay? Whew. These glasses are pretty bad. Okay. So tonight, I thought I was going to have a special guest. I thought my special guest was going to call in from California, and that's okay. She said she's been calling in a couple times. She is a busy, busy person. I'm just glad she remembers us and thinks of us, and that young lady is Cleora. She is uh, living on the West Coast, helping people in recovery. She physically 
is going through some issues having to do with her spine and her, uh, you know, causing her issues. And she wants medications to help with the pain. And it's it's got to be tough. We were going to talk a little bit about that and what she's done and how far she's come. But, you know, she reminds me and should remind every one of us that recovery is just today. You know, we might have it today. We might have had it yesterday. Or maybe we didn't have it yesterday. We got it today. We have no idea if we're going to have it tomorrow. But we just have to focus on today's. And if we focus on today's, we could have a pretty good life. It may take some effort, but if we're not trying to take on the whole world and the whole lifetime at one time, like I did when I was out drinking, it's much, much, much more manageable. Okay? And so I wish Cleora, Cleora, I never know how to pronounce her name, Cleora, uh, I wish her well. And if she calls in, uh, area code 323-580-5755, I would love that. Send her a little uh, reminder, but I didn't do it early enough maybe, and, you know, you know. and uh, who knows? She may just join us at some point. Uh, I am not the seller. Depends on the terms and timing. Just write it up. I'm a real estate broker, okay? I sell properties in Illinois. And we shall... So, uh, yeah, I'm a real estate broker. Again, I told you that, but that's what I do, and I've been doing that for 37 years. Now, I told you I was only sober 24 years, five months, and 23 days today, and who's counting? Me, me, me. But I was also living day by day in hell, worrying about yesterday's, what I did yesterday. Oh, my God, is somebody going to catch me? or find out that I'm a no-good guy, and the ones in the future, how it's going to happen, what's going to go on. And today, i got to tell you, 24 years, five months, and 23 days later, I'm, got, I'm living the dream. I mean, it's a pretty good, it's almost like a dream. If I would have looked back all that time and said, this is what's going to be happening to me now, I, I would pretty much say that it was a dream. Okay, But I'm living it. I am married again. I had been married three times by the time I sobered up. And the third time to my ex-wife, my dear, wonderful ex-wife, Patty, who I will always love and always be grateful to for coming into my life. I thought my life was pretty messed up and on the rebound coming up. But she showed me that I could go even lower. And with her help, we really dug a hole deep. Where I was, when we finally split up, her and I, I wanted to kill myself. I just did not want to live. I know what it's like to want to live and to not want to live, to want to die. Feeling like I would just like somebody to say you you matter. You you know, you're important. And think about that, folks. Now, if you're listening to me say this and you know somebody that may be stressing out or you haven't talked to in a while, it's important that you reach out and say, "Hey, your life matters." 
It doesn't mean it doesn't matter whether you're black or white, green or blue, or tall or short or fat or skinny. You know, uh, this this race, that race, this religion, that religion. Your life matters. You are important on this earth because God put you here. Our higher put us here, gave us the opportunity to be here. You know, I'm hoping that in the future I will have a guest that will join us that is in direct contact with, guess, get this, the angel Gabriel. And I, I believe it. I honestly believe this. This individualist woman communicates with the angel Gabriel about things. And she wrote a book, and I didn't bring it tonight because I didn't think we were going to talk about it, and I'm in the midst of reading this book. But it's a very interesting book. It's a very touching book. It's a very spiritual book, um, and it's very inspired. And I, you know, talking to this, this is a friend of mine who is a, a wife, four kids, a wonderful husband, gone through a bunch of stuff, and felt compelled to write this book and finally did. Not only wrote it, but illustrated it, published it all by herself. Yeah. And I uh, I believe that she was inspired truly by God or a messenger of God. And in her words, it's the angel Gabriel. Now, which makes me laugh because, uh, you know, there's a movie with John Travolta called Michael. And Michael comes to the earth and he's like this really casual guy who's drinking and smoking and, and living... Uh, crazy life chasing women here on the earth because he says he's only get he gets three chances as an angel to come down to earth and he was here with a message for you know somebody in the uh and on, on earth and it was a very interesting aspect but you know it just made me realize that maybe perhaps this angel gabriel truly was talking to this young lady and we're going to try to get her on the show sometime in the future because I think she has a very important message. It ties in to what we're talking about and what the program of recovery is about. So if you have an addiction, you can get better if you want to get better, okay? How? You have to make a decision. You have, you have a choice, okay? Stop being a victim and make better choices. That's why I wanted this young lady from California to come on. She was originally from Chicago, went to California, and is doing some wonderful service work with people out there constantly, um, you know, congratulating them and, and encouraging them through recognition of their, you know, that's the fact that they're hanging in there and, and, and working the program one day at a time, but amassing some good times in sobriety. Now, there is a, a difference between being sober and sobriety. And there are people that understand what the difference is. Sober is not drinking or drugging today, not getting caught up in our addictions today. Sobriety is the quality of the life we live sober. It's that simple. It's the quality of life that we live sober. And I work at that quality of life every day. There's only one thing I can do perfectly every day, and that I work to do that, and that is not to drink not to drug, not to get caught up in my addictions. I don't have to be perfect in any other way. 
I can strive for perfection, but I don't have to be perfect, okay? And this is what works for me, one day, one step at a time, right? It is. It's a wonderful thing. So I hope you join me for the next hour and a half left. I mean, we're already into 20 minutes into the program. The call-in number, again, if you want to be a guest or have a question, is area code 323-580-5755. And join me here on the air. You know, with a question, if you want to come on the air, I don't know, have a, a, a studio uh, engineer. Steve, my studio, off-site studio engineer, set up the program in the, in the web address at roadtorecovery.club so you can get an instant link and access that way. But I don't have somebody here grabbing the phone, so it's just me, guys. So if you want to call in, that's okay. Call in. We'd love to hear from you. Anywhere in the country, anywhere in the world, this uh, it's beaming out to the world. For those of you struggling with uh, the fear of the coronavirus, uh, we'll keep you in our prayers. You know, God has a plan for all of us. I don't know. He, you, you may, uh, you may get it. You may contract it. Right? Is that what that is? Contract, con- contract it, contract, contract it, contract it. You may contract it, get sick. You may even die. But don't fret. Because God has plans for all of us, okay? Um, and I don't know what those plans are. I don't have to know what those plans are. But i got to tell you something. I never thought I'd be alive 24 years, 5 months, and 23 days after my last drink. I was convinced that I would be dead by now. And I'm so grateful that I'm not dead, okay? I took all that time to, to, to rip apart the individual that I was, because I learned that this disease wasn't a drinking or a drug disease. If you're a gambler, it's not that you you might have an aversion to uh, want to gamble, but it's a thinking disease. And if you can look at yourself honestly, and that's going to be the tie-in with this speaker that we hope to have on the air sometime, who channels through Gabriel... Because his message, for the most part, is to be honest. Truth and honesty is so important if we want to connect with our higher power. If you want to connect with people, one of the reasons why my real estate company is as successful as it is, and it's not going to be the top ten people, not at all, but I know that we do a pretty fair job of what we do in real estate. That's exactly right. We really do. But that's because we are truthful and honest And for those of you who have the courage to listen to honesty, not just ask for it, but accept it. You don't have to like it. But accept that it is the truth, and whatever the truth, you know how they say, truth will set you free. You know what? You can make some pretty darn good plans in your life based on truth. If you are not being told or fed the truth, and you base your plans in life on incorrect information, it's going to create some pretty crazy havoc and nutty stuff. So I encourage each and every one of you to find in yourself the button that says, regardless of what, be honest and truthful. It's not easy. I'm not going to tell you it is. I'm not going to tell you I'm any great wizard either, okay? I'm here today. I have no idea what might happen you know, 
Yes, yes, yes. Uh, okay, well, let's see. You know what? We're going to jump into the thoughts of the day to kind of get us going here. Uh, again, I thought this uh, friend of mine's going to call from the West Coast. Clara, you said you were going to call, but that's okay. Uh, you know what? She was going to call many times, and she couldn't make it. So that's the worst thing that's happened to me today. I can live with it. In fact, I've had, what, two sales and a multitude of sales of things that are going so well for me. And uh, I have no complaints, absolutely, positively none. Okay? Let's see here, So if that's the worst thing thus has happened, that she didn't call in, okay, we'll get through it. Let's see here. All right. Let's let them know. Our home is officially under contract. How's that? So you get to hear me do this for somebody. Congrats. Congratulations. We will forward the paperwork tomorrow. And your closing date will be March 31st or sooner if you would like. Okay? There, now you can hear me working. I had to do this. Your home. Your your home. Not Jome. Under. Under. Okay, I can't even write. Contract. Sorry, my spelling's a little too bad here, boys and girls. Okay. Well, that's what I get, you know, doing the show. If I had a guest, I could step away, but, you know, that's the beautiful thing. I'm here. You get to hear me live my life one day, one step. Okay. But we're going to jump in and read the 24-hour book. You know, I got to tell you, I look at my life sometimes and... I can't remember a whole lot of stuff, and I know I start con, you know, uh, conversations and topics, and then I jump, 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 and I think I get that because that's what my life is like when, when you work with real estate and people. You jump from one family to the next to the next. You, you involve. See, we're not just an average real estate company, and I, I believe that's a gift that I have from getting sober and working this program. I understand there's families and situations. Man, I really connected with this one guy yesterday. We were talking, and he went through a, you know, kind of a tough divorce. And his relationship with his ex-wife was very similar, very similar. Okay. Okay, whoopee. You... And we did it. Yay! Okay, yes. And I'm sitting there talking. He's talking to me, and we were listening to each other. And, you know, he went through this whole total experience. Like, it was very reminiscent of my experience with my second ex-wife and the mother of my son. 
although I really did a, a really screwed up job of handling it because I, I was so messed up in my head and my life at the time, and that wasn't even my final divorce. That was my second divorce, marriage and divorce. And I got to tell you, I told him that I made so many bad mistakes that I encouraged him to look at my mistakes and hopefully not make the same ones. And one of them was I made it a habit to put my wife down in front of my son. And, you know, guys, I wasn't a very nice guy. I didn't know what to do. I, I, I was immature in so many ways and, you know, never learned how to live life when I was young. So I just made a lot of mistakes. And hopefully my mistakes will teach other people of what not to do. So you don't have the same results. My son and I are not very close. I love him, but I'm not close to my son because, you know, I didn't say nice things about his mom. And even though they were all true, who cares? That's still his mom. And you got to remember that. Sometimes you just got to suck it up. You got to wear big boy pants. And I wasn't wearing big boy pants. I was working little. I was wearing little little girl pants, little diapers. Okay, because I didn't know any better. Okay, I was young and immature and insecure, and you know the list goes on. And I learned through being sober how to grow beyond that issue. Okay, it wasn't enough to stop drinking. It was important that I worked on my thinking problem. And I think I did a pretty good job, and I think it's coming along. So join me as I continue my journey into sobriety, one day and one step at a time. Today is February 23rd. Now, I told you I gave away my 24-hour day book from Alcoholics Anonymous, which is a lot of where the materials we use. But I did get one that is from Al-Anon. So this is one day at a time in Al-Anon. Now, the programs are very similar in any 12-step program. They're very similar depending on what your drug of choice is, okay? When we say that, it could be, like I said, food or sex. It could be chaos. It could be work. It could be uh, Game Boy, you know, your, your cell phone. Not just drugs and alcohol. There's so many things we can become addicted to. That is just the nature of our being. You know, I heard it said best today at church. I went to church because my wife is a member of the church. I am not a member of the church. But I do support my wife whenever she would like me to attend services with her. And so we went today. And the minister was talking about mental health. And bingo. You know, that's one thing that's really not spoken Nobody wants to admit that we have a mental disease or a problem. And i got to tell you something. That's my problem. I have a mental disease, okay? I am grateful to be an alcoholic. And the reason why I'm grateful to be an alcoholic is because I got to see my mental disease exposed once I quit drinking. Then I had to explain all the other goofy-ass things that I was doing in my life. And I said, holy cow. There's some pretty goofy stuff you're doing there, Dan. Maybe you want to stop doing those things. And I continued on my journey in recovery one day, one step at a time, and I grew. And I I worked hard at it. I didn't just sit on the sidelines and say, yep, yep, yep. And I could have been 
happy with not drinking because when I quit drinking, I stopped bringing all the chaos into my life as I did. But I had to go one step further and eliminate even more. And that was what I worked on for 24 years. And the result, the end result is that I'm still alive, number one. And above ground is any day you're above ground is a good day, okay? So give yourself a pat on the back for that one, boys and girls. You know, you can read about all the different people in the world passing away. And, you know, and it's not my term, not my time yet. Don't rush it. But recognize that while you're alive on this earth, you have a reason and a purpose that your higher power, the person that created you and put you on this earth, they have an interest in your life. Make it count. And again, we might learn some more when when my friend Kathy joins us on the air. That would be great. But until then, we're going to continue on this journey here and and learn from, from what we learn, okay? So I'm going to talk today about February 23rd from the Thoughts for the Day book, from the Al-Anon book, and it starts and goes like this. Detach. We are told in Al-Anon, this does not mean detaching ourselves and our love and compassion from the alcoholic. Detachment in the Al-Anon sense means to realize we are individuals. We are not bound morally to shoulder the alcoholic's responsibilities. Detachment from the problems caused by Compulsive drinking shows us the futility of covering up for the alcoholic, keeping up a brave front, being ashamed or apologetic for situations not of our making. Once we can hold back from such complete involvement, we will have a new sense of freedom and strength. We're going to talk about this because this is good stuff here. Today's reminder, I will not permit myself to become emotionally involved in matters that I sh- that should not be my concern. I will not interfere with the working out of another's difficulties, however dear, no, however dear and close we may be to each other. Detachment is essentially it's essential to any healthy relationship between people. Detachment is essential to any healthy relationship between people. Each of us is a free individual with neither one in control of the other. Good stuff here. For what knowest thou, O wife, whether thou shalt save thy husband? Or how knowest thou, O man, whether thou shalt save thy wife? As the Lord hath called everyone, so let him walk. That's 1 Corinthians. Now, so it's a dabbling from the Bible. And what basically we're talking about here, boys and girls, is that it's not your job to manage somebody else's problem, okay? These are problems of choice. If you're an alcoholic, you are alcoholic because you choose to be an alcoholic. Do you understand that? You choose to pick up a drink. There are some that will die if they don't drink, but they can be weaned off of it and ultimately recover if they have what? Well, we'll talk about that, the capacity to be honest. And we're going to talk about that some more because that's, again, going to be the heart and the root of our conversation with our young lady that wrote a book channeled through, you know, not channeled, but directed by Gabriel, the archangel. 
and I say that very casually, like, you know, yeah, I, it's very matter of fact. I got to believe. I mean, I'm not going to tell you. There's not a hint of uncertainty. I won't. But you know what? I, I don't know that there's anything wrong with having a, a little doubt. The only thing I'm sure about is that there is a God, and it's not me. Okay? There is a God, and it's not me. Now, whether it's you or not, not sure about that either. But, okay, I'm pretty sure that it's not me. Okay, so the characteristics, oh, that was the topic, characteristics of an alcoholic or addict, can you spot them? Oh, yes. Well, I enjoyed, okay. Yeah, uh, characteristics, oh, yeah. So we're talking about the Elanon, and... A lot of times, people that have loved ones that are caught up in an addiction, okay, you know, one of the biggest fears that people have is that other people are going to see them or demean them for the actions of their loved ones. Like, they're going to be responsible for what somebody else does. You know what? If somebody else shits their pants, it's not your pants that's got shit. It's their pants. And... Maybe it was an accident. Maybe it was, you know, they were drunk. Maybe they wanted to. But that's their issue. It's not yours. If it was an accident or a medical condition, that's sad. It's nothing to be fun laugh about. And if they did it because they're drunk, that's another sad thing. Because it's sad that they chose to drink and lost control of their bowels. And if they did it on purpose, well, let them clean it up. You know, I remember as a child, and I remember the embarrassment we felt when my father would go off on his tangents, and it didn't happen very often. He somehow managed to stay reasonably inebriated and and reasonably in control of his facilities. And I say reasonably because he didn't show his true side when people were looking. When people weren't looking is when he let loose. But there was an occasional time every once in a while that he went way beyond his capacity to control his drinking. And I remember one time in coming from this, we were living in the south side of Chicago, and we were coming out to the suburbs to meet with some cousins. And we always enjoyed the cousins because they were kids that we could play with our age. We weren't allowed to play with a lot of kids in our neighborhood because, number one, they didn't go to the same school or the same church, you know, or my mother didn't, they didn't live in the immediate neighborhood. They were blocks away, and my mom didn't, wasn't able to keep track of us, and she she was just like this fanatic, oh, my God, she didn't want the people get to kidnap us. I mean, there were so many things going on in, in, in the dynamics of a family our size. Oh, by the way, you need to know that I'm one of 13 kids, right? I have 12 brothers and sisters. They're all alive, okay, various stages of life, and... Okay, in my mind, I think they some of them have some issues that are stronger than others. And they're all good people. They managed to stay alive and survive my father and my mother. And they're still alive. I'm 63. I've got uh, five older siblings. And I have seven younger siblings. 
And do we communicate? Nah, we don't all get along together. You know, people go, oh, it's a big family. You know what? It wasn't fun being in a big family because I think that's what kind of tilted a lot of the attitude of my father. I think he got scared. I think he was afraid that he had to, you know, feed us and clothe us and make sure we went to school and this, that. And I'm going to tell you, even today and back then, making a living is not the easiest thing in the world. But, you know, I was telling you the one time we went out and visited with uh, relatives out in the suburbs. Now, the funny thing about it is, you know, my family, we went by the name Chuba, Chuba, and it's spelled C-Z-U-B-A, Chuba. That's the pronunciation that I was taught we grew up with, Chuba, Polish, okay? My cousins with the same last name, the brother of my father, his, he adopted or adapted his uh, name spelling as Zuba. They wanted to be called Zuba. So even though, you know, his brothers and his father and everybody else said Chuba, we had this one uncle that called himself Zuba. And they lived in the suburbs, okay, which we always thought that you had to be rich to live in the suburbs. Probably they probably made about the same amount of money that my dad did, except they didn't have 20 kids and my dad did. You know, not 20, but 12, 13, whatever. They only had like four, maybe five, four or five, something like that. I don't even know today. I don't even know what they do today. We weren't real close. But when we got together, we had a lot of fun. We played tag and we ran. They had fields and we, we just had a great time. It was a lot of fun. But... The one time in particular I remember, my father, for some reason, you know, we were outside playing. We didn't know what happened. And I get into these big conversations and arguments with his family, his brother. You know, I'm not going to tell you he got along really well with this particular brother of his. And he tied one on, unbelievable, to the point where he was running through the neighborhood and hiding behind trees so nobody can find him. I mean, this guy went really, really drank too much. Okay, and here we are. My brother's driving the car. My oldest brother's driving the car. He's barely old enough to drive. And we're trying to follow my dad in this neighborhood with no lights on at night as we watch him run from tree to tree. He finally eventually got into the car, passed out, and drove, we drove home. My brother drove home with us. Now, talking about embarrassing, well, we we were always, you know, embarrassed by my father, what he did. And, you know, we were always told that we had to behave perfectly and show up perfectly. And if we didn't, you know, we got the wrath of my fa- my family, my mother, my father, mostly my father, because, you know, it looked bad on him and he didn't like that. It looked down on us. So, you know, but today I am responsible for me. Do I do things that I'm embarrassed about? Ugh. Maybe a little bit, but nothing that is going to end my life, okay? It's not the worst thing that's happened. I'm not going to tell you I'm the most exciting and the best guy in the world, but i got to tell you something. I'm certainly a lot better off today than I ever was in my life, and I'm grateful. And I guess, you know, when you hear people talk about being a grateful alcoholic, I don't know that I ever heard a grateful drug addict, but a grateful alcoholic, the reason why we're grateful, or at least for me, is because I learned that my drinking was because of my sick thinking. And when I stopped drinking, 
then I realized that I needed to fix my sick thinking. And I did. I really worked hard. I'm not going to tell you I'm perfect because I'm not. I still do things. But you know what? Today, i got a wonderful wife. We're coming up on one year of marriage in two months. May, let's see. March, April, May. In May. We'll have one year. That's longer than I've ever been. And happy. I'm happy? Oh, my God. I'm actually happy. I'm actually okay with telling people, yeah, this is my wife. I find it weird sometimes we're in public and I can put my arm around my wife and she doesn't pull away from me. I've had wives that, you know, didn't want to be seen necessarily. It's not just me, but they just didn't want to be married. And there were times I didn't want to be seen with them because, you know, I just felt uncomfortable. Kind of weird. But today, it feels really good to be with my wife. It feels really good to to hold her hand and, and to just, I give her a hug before, when she wakes up, I would give her a hug, kiss, and before I leave, I give her a hug and a kiss. When I come home, I give her a hug and a kiss, let her know I'm home. I'm grateful. I'm developing better habits in my life. And those habits just help keep my life going in the right direction. Okay? So, I don't know, I've been yapping, yapping, yapping. You know, we didn't talk about the characteristics of an alcoholic or addict, but we will. We're going to talk about that. I'm going to read right now. I'm going to take a few minutes, and I'm going to read, as I should every week, how it works. Okay? How it works. How it works. We, there's a bunch of chapters we can read. And this is the big book. I do have the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. I got one. So we could use it in the show, on the show. But if somebody needs it and I meet them, I will give it away, and then I'll have to get another one. But no big deal. It's a good thing. People, if somebody gave me a book, I'll keep giving them, paying them forward. Pay it forward, people. You know, that's the thing that we talk about. And why do I do this show? Is it for the millions of dollars that I'm paid every week for doing this show? Uh, no, because there's no money involved. Actually, it probably cost me, I don't know, every month about 40 50 bucks, something like that, to do the show. And uh, for the airtime, that's what I'm paying for. Uh and I don't mind volunteering my time. And why do I do it? Because it keeps me sober. It keeps the quality of my life, which I call sobriety, improving. Or at least staying or not stagnating or getting worse. Okay? I'm not perfect. I hate calling people up and giving people bad news. In real estate, you got to do that sometimes. Okay? It's one of the one things I hate. I even hate calling people sometimes just because I, I don't want to talk to them. But... You know what? It's a job you got to do, and I got to work at that. I got to constantly work at improving my ability to communicate with people. Okay? And you say, but Ted, you're on the air, you're talking. It's so easy for you to talk. No, that's not necessarily true. Okay? Okay. So let's see. All right. Uh, we're going to read from the big book, and we're going to read how it works. And this is one of the things that, out of every other thing that I read in Alcoholics Anonymous, again, this is not an endorsed program for Alcoholics Anonymous. This is just me doing this, sharing my experience, strength, and hope with you, with the hopes that you will, you know, get something out of this, okay? And I really hope that you get something out of this program, Okay? of listening to this show, this live broadcast talk show. 
And again, you can call in area code 323-580-5755 if you want to join me. And if you don't, that's okay. My friend Ken is winging his way back from, I don't know, he went down to Florida to see his friends. He's retired. He uh, is with his lovely wife. And, you know, he's enjoying his uh, retirement. He has got a few years on me as far as recovery. I'm 24 years. I think he's like 26 or 28, something like that. Been kind of a helper with the show from time to time. And hopefully he'll come back on and join us on the air and share some of his uh, experience, strength, and hope. And uh, Steve, my friend Steve, he's, hey, Steve, you're doing great, man. Hope things are coming along well. Uh, my friend Lambert, we got a lot of good stuff happening here. We got a lot of good friends, good people, good people. All right, here's how it works, people. This is really how it works for me, and I love this. Rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. Those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program, usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. There are such unfortunates. They are not at fault. They seem to have been born that way. They are naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty. Their chances are less than average. There are those, too, who suffer from grave emotional and mental disorders, but many of them do recover if they have the capacity to be honest. Our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like, what happened, and what we are like now. If you have decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. At some of these we balked, we thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. With all the earnestness at our command, we beg of you to be fearless. We beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the start. Okay? Okay. There we go. Some of us tried to hold on to our old ideas, and the result was nil until what? Until we let go absolutely. Remember that we deal with alcohol, cunning, baffling, powerful. Without help, it is too much for us, but there is one who has all power. That one is God. May you find him now. Half measures availed us nothing. We stood at the turning point. We asked his protection and care with complete abandon. Okay, here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. Hold on one second. I had to type something. Okay, road to recovery. I'm sending things. I'm sending notes to myself here. Okay. By the way, you could call in any time you want, and we will be okay with you calling in. All right. Area code 323-580-5755 if you want to join me on the air. Okay, but here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Number two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Number three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Number four, made a searching and fearless 
moral inventory of ourselves. Number five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Number six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Number seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Number eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Number nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure, injure them or others. Number 10, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Number 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. Number 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Many of us exclaimed, what an order! I don't know if you exclaimed it like that, but, you know, sometimes I did. I can't go through with it! No, please don't! Do not be discouraged! No one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. Whew! What a relief. We are not saints. The point is that we are willing to grow along spiritual lines. The principles we have set down are guides to progress. We claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. Our description of the alcoholic, the chapter to the agnostic, and our personal adventures before and after make clear three pertinent ideas. A, that we were alcoholic and could not manage our own lives. B, that probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism. And C, that God could and would if he were sought. Okay? That's how it works, people. That's how the program of work, recovery works. That simple. Okay? Now, we can expound on that a little bit, but guess what? We're not. Not at this, least this moment here. What we're going to do, though, what we're going to do, let's get some music, okay? I want to take a little break here because I've been talking now nonstop for an hour. And uh, our friend Clea, Cleora, Cleora, whatever, has not called in, and I was hoping and expecting her to, but again, I always hope, see, that's the difference between expecting and hoping. i got to tell you, there's a big difference between expecting and hoping, because when I learned that not to expect and to hope, my life really took on a new life and a, a better life, because... I'm not choked up in the possibility of getting angry because, you know, I'm not, you know, I expected this to happen and it didn't, so what the heck? Well, you know what, what the heck is what the heck. So, all right, we're going to listen to some Marilyn Scott, because I always love her, and we're going to be back with more of The Road to Recovery in about 10, 15 minutes, maybe 20, depends on what I feel. I'm in the mood to listen. Okay. And you could listen, too, because this is great. But we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more about, uh, you know, what's going on and uh, with the Road to Recovery. So stay here. Stay tuned to the Road to Recovery. We'll be back in about, like I said, 15 minutes. But just enjoy some music from my friend Marilyn Scott.
If today were the last of all days, would it change how you feel who you are? Would you rise for a moment above all your fears? Become one with the moon and the stars? Would you like what you see looking down? Did you give everything that you could? Have you done everything that you wanted to do? Is there still so much more that you Free to join me 
Salam sekali. Beautiful, beautiful man. Are you tired of chasing low-quality real estate leads?
Don't let 
listening to. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Road to Recovery. <laughs> what would you think I threw you off into the abyss of Marilyn Scott? Oh, I love her. She's great. I told my wife I love her, but, you know, not in the same way I love my wife, you know. But I told my wife if I saw her, met her someday, uh, everything would be great. I'd love her to meet my wife. She's wonderful. And certainly would enjoy meeting her, okay? So I use the word love. I can love a lot of people. Do you love a lot of people? I do. Since I've sobered up, I just love a lot of people. A lot of people I care about. And before, I only thought I could love one person. Oh, my God, it was like a panic. And if you didn't love me, holy cow, it was a big end-of-the-world thing for me. You know what? I don't feel like talking no more tonight. (coughs) How about that? I'm sorry. If you stuck around hoping that I would have some pearls of wisdom to share with you, I don't. Uh, It was a long day. I'm glad it's over. I have still, I'm going to probably go home, wrapped up a couple contracts today, so that was good. Uh, earning my living here. <coughs> I might be able to get a car in about a month. I've been driving a uh, pickup truck that's old and beat up, but I'm grateful because it operates. It's simply because it's all I can afford right now. But you know what? I have wheels. That's good. So, All right, listen, we're going to be back next week with more of the Road to Recovery here on Block Talk Radio. We're going to end tonight sure, uh, early. Thanks for listening. If you did, uh, hope you hung in there and it was worth it. Enjoyed Marilyn Scott. I always enjoyed Marilyn Scott. But I enjoyed you. I enjoyed the fact that you caught something. You might have learned something, and I did. I always am because I'm paying attention. You know, when I do this show, one of the things it does, it helps me to stay aware of what's going on in my world. And listen, the opiate problem is only part of the problem. We are still challenged with the drinking problem. Okay, and i got to tell you something. We're going to talk next week. We're going to, let's see, what are we going to do? We have a few things here. Uh, You know, I don't know. I've got a bunch of stuff that people are giving me, sending me, including my wife. She's saving stuff and says, hey, you got to use this in your show. So we're going to talk next week a little bit more about uh, recovery and more aspects. I have no idea what the topic's going to be, but I'm sure it's going to be good one at least it'll be a good one and hopefully i'll make it to next week and stay sober in the meantime i appreciate all of you by the way that are sending in donations for my polar plunge only you on facebook would know which ones i'm talking about but i'm doing the polar plunge next saturday okay i'm going to jump in now it's been pretty warm here in chicago but i think i heard that there's going to be 15 inches of snow coming and i'm kind of excited about that because you know, I really want it to be polar, that we're going to jump into the water and do something. But uh, this will be my third year doing it, uh, and I'm uh, doing it for Special Olympics. And thank you for anybody and everybody who's given in and made donations to the cause. Uh, it's a good cause, a great cause. None of the money gets to me, uh, but, you know, I enjoy doing it with my friends from C.R. Schmidt. They are brick pavers out of Warrenville, Illinois. They do a lot in the Midwest. So it's a great company, great people, and a uh, good thing to support. Special Olympics, there's not enough. You know, it's the cool thing about Special Olympics, that no matter what goes on in the world with these guys, they just love everybody. So use that as an example and love each other, okay? Let's work on truth and honesty. 
We're going to get my friend on one of these days. Uh, Cleora, sorry we missed you. I wish we could have had you on the show. It would be great, but maybe someday you will. Okay, when the time is right, maybe you will be on the show, and you certainly have a lot to share. So, guys, thanks for listening. Go out there and hug and love each other and, uh, you know, tell somebody that they matter, okay? That everybody matters in this world, okay? So, have a great week. Unless you have other plans, good night, everyone.